We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. That was an actual compliment. Oh, thank Sorry. you. Sorry for <laughs> hiding it in my normal banter of not complimenting you. Well, if there's one thing that we've learned from me this week is that I'm really good at banter. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I literally cannot go down that road again. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We are your two jive turkeys. I am Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird, and we are brought to you by our friends at Play Up. Andrew, are, do you, have you ever traveled on Wednesday and or Sunday of Thanksgiving break? Did you just call me a jive turkey? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> and myself. And myself, for that matter. That's true. That's true. Uh, I, I've done the traveling before. Uh, it's not a regular thing for me, thankfully, but, uh, but specifically on the Wednesday and the Sunday heavens. Now I'm not dumb enough to do that. Yeah. Guess who is to do both. (laughs) No, the good, you really should just leave Saturday and then you'll be home by Monday morning. Well, yeah, especially because, you know, I live in New York city and my in-laws are in DC. So it's the absolute worst of the worst of it because it's 95. 
and 95, Route 95 for those who are not, um, you know, not in the know. Uh, it's the busiest roadway in that stretch during the Thanksgiving break. It's a four-hour drive that could easily take eight. Yeah, yeah. The good news is, is it's only like 99% of your trip. It's not 100%. Because you have to like get to 95 Oh yeah, but yeah, <laughs> which, 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 you know, in New York, well, in New York terms, we're going to cheat because we're going to go to New Jersey and then start driving. Mm. Well, we're going to go, we're, we're going to go by train to New Jersey oh. and then start driving. Oh. Trains will be faster than cars. Yeah. Why don't you just take sure. the train down there? Because where my in-laws are, I would have to go all the way into DC and then it's an hour and change from DC by another train. And it's just, and the train, you know what? The train is more expensive than the flight. Yeah, they are. Now. I, I, I was, they're they're I was, also significantly nicer. Like it's just a well, much except, nicer experience. Except I, I would, you know, I will Amtrak. If you're listening, because I know that we're a big deal, right? Uh, get mm-hmm. better internet on the train, right? Like you, you guys have done so much to make the seats comfortable and the experience just a good experience. But there's the internet's crap. It's been and, awful for years too. It's like as yeah. if they've never heard anybody complain about it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you have nice internet, I guarantee you business people would prefer it to the plane from, you know, you know, going to JFK or LaGuardia and then going down to D.C., going to BWI or to Reagan or to uh, or to Dulles. Right. Like, uh, anyway, like, well, you're it, in the spirit. Sheesh. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally in the Thanksgiving spirit in that I'm hungry. Uh, I'm waiting for football and both kinds and um yeah i'll be with uh, i'll be with family soon <laughs> that's really it sounds, that, fun. I, sounds fun oh you know but in all i mean i love thanksgiving especially because the, the the my in-laws have southern roots so it's southern style food and let me tell you andrew a southern thanksgiving is just the best sounds good it is good not as good as what we're going to be encompassing, or sorry, uh, uh, <laughs> uncovering on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this weekend here. Uh, Friday night football takes place over in London, where we have West Ham taking on Leicester City. The David Moyes run Le- uh, West Ham versus the Claude Puel run uh, Leicester. Who would have thought, right? Um, yeah, seriously. One thing was certain in David Moyes' debut is that he really tried to keep a clean sheet against Watford. Another thing that was apparent was that they couldn't. They're not it, very it, good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're not equipped. Uh, Javier Hernandez, Chicharito, uh, still out, uh, it looks like. And, you know, that means it's Andy Carroll again. One thing I noticed about the announcing of last week's game, uh, West Ham versus uh, Watford, is that they were really keying in on how frustrated Andy Carroll is getting and using his elbows. And my thought is, he's just bigger. And his elbows are just at people's face height. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. I'll, I'll give him some credit for that, only because, yeah, you, when guys jump, there's plenty of, like, elbows into chests or forearms into chests just to try to make a little space. And he is taller. I think his elbows tend to go a little higher than his shoulder, which then ends up in somebody's face. But you're right. I mean, there's a height issue there that puts him at a disadvantage in terms of where his elbow ends up. But... You know, it's not like this is a new thing. Like, he should no, know no, how, to, how to control his body. No. And one thing is for sure, he's, I mean, he won't be head and shoulders taller than Harry Maguire, who he's likely going to be facing off with in most aerial duels in mm. this one. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. 
it's going to be fun. I actually think that's going to be a fun matchup to watch, mm-hmm. uh, and and just see and seeing if West Ham really do commit to the, you know, crossing into Andy Carroll and hope good things happen offense. Because yeah. they, they were, I mean, they, I mean, I, I don't even think they had an offensive game plan. You know, the 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 writing for before the game of last week was that the training was very and the quote was continental. Hmm. Uh, so you know, <laughs> as if it was an international team, which means they focus on very basic things and getting into fitness. So um, West Ham may be at preseason form now, basically is what is what I gather. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure what this team looks like when they play well with Moyes. Like it's been a while since Moyes had a team hmm. that played well. Yeah, what was frustrating to see was, you know, they were packed in so tight defensively and the and the wingers were tucked in so far back that whenever they dispossessed Watford and they tried to get out, they had no outlets. It right. was just there, there was nothing there. Uh, they couldn't get it into Carroll because, you know, Britos and Capasele and whoever was in the back was like just surrounding him. And they couldn't outlet there. And, you know, they couldn't outlet through Arnautovic because he was so far pinned back. And I mean, by the way, Marco Arnautovic, good God. <laughs> like he he can't uh, he, he was playing on the right hand side instead of his traditional left, and it's just it just hasn't been it hasn't been a good go for him at West Ham to say the least. Yeah, and the ankle injury he suffered he you would have uh, excuse me his wrist injury um, based on his reaction and I didn't see the like I didn't quite see the injury when it happened in real time, but. He reacted, and I'm sure it was very painful, but I was expecting his hand to just be, like, dismembered from his body. And maybe in the skin it was, but um, that looked like a pretty ugly injury. One that I always, um, if you can make a joke about injuries, I make the joke that hand injuries to outfield players shouldn't be a big deal, but that one looked like a big deal. Well, yeah. But he stinks, so who cares? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, basically, it, it's it, it's. I mean, it, it just looks like West Ham. I mean, they really need Mikel Antonio to come back. Yeah, and, and how close is he to getting back? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I'll look it up. Yeah, and I mean, the, the the weird thing about West Ham is that they they can score. They're not consistent in it, but they can. But they're so bad defensively, and which is why we saw them kind of. Uh, turn to this, turn to David Moyes in order to kind of lock up defensively. But I'm just not sure how much that, how good they are to even do that. Like whether they, both whether they have the pieces to do it and whether he's tactically good enough to build something that keeps them competitive. I mean, they're basically, they brought him in to keep them up, which is very different than what we were expecting West Ham to be back in August. But like how far can he really take them? Yeah, he's been, I mean, he's been awful they, since he got fired from United. It would be a miracle if they get the tenth. Is the way that I put it. Right, right. And that's just and when you and when the owners look back at the season, it's going to be a, a real disappointment just from that statement alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I think Antonio, uh, if he trains this week, but I'd be surprised given how yeah. long he's been out. I can't imagine he starts right yeah. away. So and, and he yeah, and, and I'm reading he's yet to train right under David Moyes. So yeah, I think that was last right. week, but the last update. But yeah, I mean it's. Yeah. He's not, he can't come soon enough, but he's not going to come soon. <laughs> exactly. And on the Leicester side, uh, I'm assuming that you know you're you're willing to pay if you're 
have any kind of slate that includes the Friday game, uh, you would be willing to pay whatever the, the if there's an increased price on Jamie Vardy or Riyad Mahrez for this one. Um, I I guess um, I wouldn't be like overly thrilled about Vardy Mahrez. I think has been playing a lot better lately under Puel because although I think they need to kind of define his role, they have played him both in the ten and sent him back out wide. So I'm not quite sure what to what to make of them yet. And Demarai Gray is always really, really fun. So, um, except yeah. Mark Albrighton played last week. Well, they, uh, that is true, but they, didn't they both play? It, it, it was, it was just a, it was a or weird lineup the, for them last week. One of them they had, they played, um, Gray on one side, Albrighton on the other, yeah. and then, uh, Mahrez in the middle. So, and, and they were playing against Man City, so it didn't matter who they actually, played. that's true. That's true. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, apparently according to our game logs, Albrighton played in the 10, which I can't think of a worse position for Albrighton to play in other than maybe center back. <laughs> He'd make a better goalkeeper than right. number 10. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, it, it, I mean, Leicester, I, mean, I, mean, I think both teams are kind of in a, well, Leicester a little more advanced than West Ham, but they're still looking for their best lineup under their new manager. Yeah. I think they're close, though. I think what they had. Uh, they meeting Leicester. Leicester, yeah. It'll. Like I think it's worth trying Vardy with you know Iannaccio or even Okazaki again. Like I'm not sure Gray, Albrighton, and Mares all have to be on the pitch at the same time, but I'd like to see another forward just because at some point, like how far can this constant um, you know long ball or counter work against most teams when it's really just Vardy? I feel like the league has solved that that possibility. Yep, and it was called playing three at the back. Right. Uh, on yeah, and for this game, like there's not there's not a ton to really get through here. I mean, you're not comfortable starting anyone from West Ham, and you're likely to start like your Riyad Mahrez's and your Jamie Vardy's of the world. I doubt you can find, but you know, a, a bunch of replacements better than them. Yeah, I have Vardy uh, in FPL, and I'm not sure if I'm playing him yet. And I'm, I mean, I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't hesitate to play Vardy. I would, uh, it's just because this West Ham just cannot play defense. I mean, if West Ham just pack it in, I still think that Vardy could still score from his FPs because Mm -hmm. they're not good at that either. Yeah. Like it's just, this also could be like a Shinji Okazaki from two inches away. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, I, just, yeah, I think you're more comfortable with Leicester options than West Ham options, despite West Ham being at the London Stadium. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's go on to the Saturday slate, shall we? Uh, we have we start off with another team in London, uh, Crystal Palace, uh, t- uh, facing off against uh, Stoke here. And, uh, you know, we, we thought, we, we teased it last week that maybe Christian Benteke will be back. He was not. Uh, Stoke just kind of like trudge along here, but I mean, Jordan Shakiri popped up again last week. He's been playing a little bit better as of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's your favorite person in the world for FPL. <laughs> You're going to captain him at some point soon. I can feel it. Uh, Won't be you know, but the, it, to be honest though, Stoke on the road, you know, against an organized Brighton side, it's, you know, they, they were actually leading and it took an Izquierdo late goal to actually get, uh, Brighton to share of the points in that one. So, um, you know, just 
you know, Stoke is Stoke is consistently inconsistent, and Crystal Palace are now run by Roy Hodgson. <laughs> so it's 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 just so it's just a weird state of affairs here. Yeah, I am a little higher on Crystal Palace, maybe just because I'm so used to the guys on the team in terms of being reasonable fantasy options. Like I think Benteke does start. Like he was on the bench um, last week, played 15 minutes. Yeah. I think they're going to start with him, and then you have to kind of see how they play around him, whether they uh, move Loftus-Cheek kind of back to back inside or uh, they keep him kind of in a front. I don't think you can play him instead of Townsend or, or Zaha up front, so maybe like a 4-3-3. Uh, three, three. I don't know how they're going yeah. to do it. I mean, I, I mean I, the way I see it, which is – probably odd compared to others uh, i think loftus cheek would be a good false nine with zaha and townsend on either side but no benteke well if benteke is not back oh. I mean, well it, he came it, off the bench last week I, I bet he starts okay but you know for me i think loftus cheek and zaha being back make a world of difference zaha, uh, benteke will make a different difference, if you will. Uh, it, 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 I don't know if it restricts the style of play that they can do, but it definitely changes it. I totally agree. Uh, you know, we're, I, we're talking, or at least I am, as if he's some like twenty-five goal scorer that they've been missing. Like he's obviously not that. We all kind of thought he might be that one day, but he's not there. And I don't well, think he was ever... that one. He was that one day with Aston Villa. Uh, Literally one day. Right. He was there. He was close. Um, he was 22 goal scorers. Is that how many he was? Wow. All right. It was, it was over 20. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had 15 last year. So, you know, he can get up there. But you're right. They're a much different team, which I think is fine. Like, I think they have pieces that should be able to feed him in terms of Townsend and either Van Onholt or Schlupp. Even uh, Joel Ward can cross a little bit. And well, then, we saw that last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if they use that plus kind of the creativity of Zaha and uh, Loftus-Cheek with Kabai, like I think they, they have different ways that they can beat, that they can score at least. And I'm not sure Stoke away are ones to shy away from. Like I'd be happy to who, play all who of loses, Who loses their place to Benteke? Um, it's going to be like uh, the other guy that they start every week, whether it's James MacArthur or... Uh, I think he's been the one consistently starting. So I think MacArthur is the one, and then they, and yeah. they go from a four-four-two to a four-three-three. Three. Yeah. So my question really was like, you know, do you think they would take out someone like Milivojevic and keep no, Kabai no. back there, or just make <clears throat> keep that that partnership, which seems to be working well in the yeah. center of the park for Crystal Palace? Yeah, they definitely really... need those two in the middle. Yeah. So yeah, I think MacArthur is the odd man out. Which yeah. I don't know why anybody would get upset about that. Oh, he did score the opening goal against Everton last week. Yeah. <laughs> You're not that excited. That's what I had to okay. say about that. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then on the Stoke side here, obviously, it's it's just it's just two guys, right? It's just Chupa Moting and Shakiri. Uh, I'd be hard pressed to get anybody else. I mean, you you don't think this is like a sneaky time to try to play Jack Butland, uh, Lee Grant. Lee Grant. Lee Grant, excuse yeah. me. Lee Grant. Uh, yeah. Nope, I would stay. I mean, I get why people would do it. I think I even ranked Lee Grant um, not that highly, but and behind Speroni, just because uh, whether I think Palace is better and whether they are better are very different things. And so it you know, wouldn't be out of the question that the last place team in the Premier League doesn't score, right? I mean, it's not. Are they still last? 
Palace? Uh, yes, they are. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not really going out on a limb there, but uh, I like the the Palace side. But and the Stoke, I, I don't have any Stoke other than Shakiri and Chopu Moteng, mostly because I never got Mommy Diouf early enough. But that's how it, I mean. Darren Fletcher, he's been on some set pieces recently. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I ranked. I think I. I mean, you and I ranked Speroni. Uh, you know, at, uh, you know, for six this weekend. So I mean, we're, we're we're both we're both decently high on him, to be honest. Yeah, I think they're they're decent. They will be decent defensively, and so, yeah. and I'm not overly impressed with the Stoke attack, despite my love for uh, yeah. Moting. Yeah, for some reason I ranked Joe Hart tenth. I must have been really tired. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Anyway, uh, we will move on here to uh, the probably one of the probably one of the bigger blowouts of the weekend for one. Re- I mean, for I don't want to say one reason, but a very big contributing reason is that Paul Pogba was back last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, made made a slight difference to Manchester United and Manchester United at home against Brighton is a game that a lot of people are going to stack on on Saturday. Yeah, what was interesting about Pogba returning is that they also. And Jose Mourinho went with the front line of Lukaku, Martial, and Rashford, which we hadn't really seen much this season. And I'm not sure what Pogba brought that also necessitated Mkhitaryan dropping out. I mean, Mkhitaryan's been pretty pretty bad anyway. But uh, it seems like Mkhitaryan had been bad for a while, and so they could have done this Lukaku, Martial, Rashford front line a while ago. But Jose Mourinho, I don't know if it was coincidence that he waited for Pogba to come back or... It was because Pogba was back, but they're just a much more exciting defensive team. I mean, excuse me, attacking team with Pogba in there. And but I, I'm kind of curious if it's Pogba or if it's that front three. I think Pogba allows the front three to be more uh, focused on being up front because he can transition defensive to, defensively to offense very quickly. Mm-hmm. Matic to Pogba uh, and, and Pogba to those guys. Not even that. It's just you, you, no matter where he is on the pitch, he can beat two or three guys ad nauseum, and that opens up the space for everybody. His technical ability on the ball is—it's a sight to behold, especially given his size. He can shield people, and then he can use skill to face them up as well. So it's—it's it, it's a, it's a very nice advantage to have in the middle of the park. Is the way that I'll put it. And he has the vision to pick out. It's a nice advantage crazy. to have Paul Pogba. Is that yeah. the analysis yeah. I just it's, heard? It's, okay. it's, it's, a, it's a real bold statement, I know. But <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm trying to say, though, is you know, even from a, real, from a real life perspective, the way that it translates to me is the fact that he's so technical in the middle of the park that he can get around two or three guys just by himself to make space. That gives time for any kind of winger that's back to get up and get forward and to create the counterattack and to give be those outlet passes when he actually does have enough space to pick out a pass. Mm-hmm. That that's a luxury that most teams don't get. Yeah. Yeah. That's why so. you pay 150 million euros for him or whatever they paid. Correct. <laughs> uh, whatever it was, he's, I mean, just on Jersey sales alone, he's been worth it. Anyway, on the Brighton side, you like nobody, Correct. Correct. Brighton, Brighton on the road in Manchester United. Even you know, if you have your Anthony Knockarts, you'll be looking to tr- find another option. Correct. And if you start Glenn Murray, and I swear to God, if Glenn Murray scores this game, I'm going to go berserk. Um, sorry. 
I will, I will, I will throw a chicken bone at the television <laughs> or a turkey. Uh, sorry, a turkey bone. Turkey at the television. Leg, yeah. <laughs> it just, it, it, I, I, he's infuriating. Anthony, one of his goals, Anthony Narcart literally crossed it onto his thigh mm-hmm. because yeah. he didn't have the ability to kick it with his feet. Yeah, it almost looked and like he was trying to knee it in. Yeah, he bumbled missed. it. Yeah, that, that that was the personification of the word bumbled. Mm-hmm. He bumbled that into the net. Anyway. Tomer Hamed should be starting. Newcastle are at home against Watford on Saturday as well. This is uh, both of these two games are the te- start of the ten o'clock slate here. Um, you know, for Watford, you know, we talked. I talked a little bit about it. I mean, they they got the good fortune of playing against West Ham last week. It was the only game on Sunday, which was kind of a bore. But uh, you know, a lot of usual suspects on the score sheet in that Andre Gray and Richarlison were both on the score sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will, Will Hughes got off the Will shot. Will Hughes. Someone who I've been touting for years that Chelsea should go after. Uh, and You're really going to take the Will Hughes touting away from Chris Mozinski? No, I'm not going to. I, he, he, he's been touting him for a decade since, six <laughs> years, since, since Will Hughes was like six years old. Right. He's been touting Will Hughes, and I've been touting him since he was 16. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't know which one's, uh, I don't know which one's more inappropriate. To be honest, touting the skills of a six-year-old or a sixteen-year-old. Anyway, um, Will Hughes, the goal and an assist last week against West Ham, uh, seeming it seems like he's starting to get the attention of Marco Silva to actually be in the lineup. I don't know how he doesn't start again. Like he was awesome. Is it? Is it? I mean, he got. It was a good fortune for his goal, to be honest. Sure. I mean, but but, you know, it was a good finish. I mean, he found himself in the right spot place at the right time it was a good finish coming off of what was an absolutely awful finishing attempt by andre gray which wound up being right. a pass right yeah a very gifted uh assist there and then hughes had an assist as well he was yes, taking I know. corners i mean this he looked really good yeah. makes you wonder why he, it took so long yeah well matt well <laughs> will hughes and matt ritchie are the two guys that i think you know the young guys that people will have their eyes on here matt ritchie of course has been a little more consistent than Will Hughes, given the fact that he's had consistent playing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, you know, I have to mention it because it actually happened. But Dwight Gale scored. Yeah, he did. And my, I think flaming my piece of to, garbage is that what was that the line? He still is. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't seen. I actually haven't seen the highlight yet. But I said on Twitter it must have been one hell of an assist from DeAndre Edlin, and you said it was. It was. It was actually a very, very good. The whole so play it was. was a, it was a better assist than a goal. No, uh, you know, I'm sure the Dwight, the Gale family would disagree. And I'm sure the Yedlin family would say, yes, of course. Okay. But it was a good that, play that, all around. That actually put them up 1 0 in the game, and then mm-hmm. they lost 4 1. Right. <laughs> it, it, it was Manchester United. But it did ruin my day because I had a whole bunch of defensive Manchester United stack, as did a lot of people, yeah, probably. Of uh, but either way, uh, Newcastle and Watford here, uh, this one looks like it's going to be to me, uh, you know, a feature of, you know, Watford being, these two teams are, they're trying to be similar to each other, right? They're very organized. They set traps. And if you fall into one of those traps, they can counter quickly. Uh, and the likes of, and that's when you see the likes of Richarlison really go to work. Right. And for me, you know, Rafa Benitez is trying to get Newcastle there. I, I don't know if it's going to. I don't know if it's going to hold up 
all season, but I think right now they're playing well enough that I think that at home, Rafa Benitez's side actually can take this one. Yeah, I think at home that's reasonable. I mean, uh, Watford didn't start uh, Jose Olivas last week, and I'm not sure he definitely gets his job back. Um, well, Feminia walked off. Feminia got hurt, right? So we yeah. might see your boy Daryl Janmat back. Well, you also might see Holy Boss, to be honest. Um, if they re- if they really like uh, pushing on the other side, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Holy Boss on the right hand side would be interesting because I don't know if he actually has two functioning feet. <laughs> it also takes him away from the Richarlison side, so I'm not sure that <laughs> helps either of them. Yeah. Either way. Um, I guess I mean, these these two teams are pretty similar, right? It's basically uh, they're separated by four points in the table, but their goal differential is almost the same. Uh, Watford's a minus two, and Newcastle's a minus three. So I mean, these two teams are. I mean, I I think they're pretty similar. I'd say that Watford relies a little more on Richarlison to do what he can do, and Newcastle doesn't really have a player like that, so they're a little more. I don't want to use the term clinical, but they're a little more uh, organized around what Richie can do and to move the ball to the others that I think, and I'm not really a tactics expert at all, but it just feels like Watford's a little more dependent on, let's see if Richarlison can make the defense make a mistake, whereas Newcastle's a little more direct in what they're trying to do. Yeah, and and Newcastle they they want to get set pieces and they want to get their big guys forward and they want to use Matt Ritchie's set piece ability uh, that also helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and, and I mean guys like Joe Salou are, are you know they're more dangerous on set pieces than open play is the way I'll put it. Sure, I'll take that. But and one team has Tom Cleverly, so everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his biggest contribution to Everton was missing that penalty against them. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, for, for for the Watford, I mean, I, I mean uh, your, your fantasy options. If you have, you know, this is not a matchup on either side that you're really worried about. Yeah, I don't know so how many like you, Watford or Newcastle defenders you have, but I do think they're goals. I have side. I have a lot of shares of Feminia, a lot of shares mm. of them. Yeah, so you won't have them this weekend anyway. Yeah, <laughs> potentially. Potentially. Has, been, has he been officially ruled out yet? There's nothing official on a Wednesday. Yeah, I figured that. Uh, but yeah, it's looking like not. Yes. Okay. Another game that's looking like not is any game that West Brom is in for West Brom. Mm. Uh, they have now officially sacked Tony Pulis. We've been warning about it for a few weeks now. Uh, looks like they want to get Sam Allardyce to replace oh, him, which is like, why? <laughs> like, <sighs> it's just, why? It's as if they've learned nothing. Do you think he would rather take that job than the Everton job? I mean, I know he already turned down the Everton job, but like, are either of those more appealing? Is one more appealing than the other? No, I think he wants to continue to eat meat pies. Like, I don't think he wants either job. I don't think managing stops him from doing that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I bet you he has wine by the pint. He does. What do you mean? He, oh, he does. Yeah, he, he said it. Yeah, he yeah. said it. Okay. There, there are pictures. <laughs> or a picture, at least. Uh, yeah, this is this game is going to be a blowout. Spurs actually weren't nearly as good as they I thought they'd be in Tuesday's Champions League game at Dortmund. Not that I thought they'd roll them, but it just felt like not that they were unprepared last week, but I think they were surprised that 
Arsenal were better than they were, that they expected, excuse me. And so uh, the absence of Toby Alderweireld, I think, is also one that like can't really be kind of ignored because he's just a really important part of that back three. And like Eric Dyer's fine, but it not only moves Dyer out of the defensive midfield, but then puts a guy who's not as good as Alderweireld there. So I think his absence is a big one, but it's West Brom. So you and I could play center backs for Tottenham. I think they'd still get a clean sheet. Bold. That's mm. a bold statement. Yeah. I don't think I, I'd have to stretch a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, I think we'd have a clean sheet for the first 30 minutes and then get really tired. Yeah, we would just, yeah, just fall over. And... Yeah. We, we, we'd have between the two of us, we'd have one and a half working hamstrings. Right. Right. Well, they but would anyway. just give us the magic spray. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This uh, uh, Swansea along with Manchester United, you're going to see a lot of stacking here. Um, Tottenham, you mean? Did you say Swansea? I meant Spurs, sorry. Spurs yeah. along with Manchester United. I was like, wow, that's, <laughs> sorry, that's the hot I, take I've been I, waiting for. Yeah, <laughs> yep. The, I mean, Spurs, I assume we'll see everyone. It, it seems really like a perfect situation for them to go with kind of the lineup they went with on on Tuesday, which is like Kane, Son, Erickson, and Deli Alley, like to really go all out because West Brom, I mean, who knows how they'll line up, but they've just been lining up so defensively. Matt Phillips got a start last week, which is one we haven't seen in a while. Chris Brunt can't even uh, make the, the starting lineup, which is kind of surprising. So I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. it's a weird one. Yep, I agree. Uh, I mean, for me, it's really just it's. I mean, if it's a Spurs player and and he's playing, you play. Them. You're in, yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm in. Like, you know, I'm not. I mean, like Musa Dembele, I, you know, sure, right. Like, if you're in Taga, fine. But like, for for FPL purposes, you know, for official game purposes, you're going to start all the dependable starters. I mean, you're you're not going to take them out for this game. That's that's for sure. Yeah, there's really not a lot of thinking that needs to be done on this on this matchup here. You're not going to try to get a sneaky West Brom option here. You're not going to try to sneak in Matt Phillips anywhere. Right. Like it's just, even with Alderweireld out, it doesn't matter. I agree. But uh, yeah, the, well, let's go on to a game that's a little more interesting. Uh, aforementioned Swansea. Yeah, uh, they time to are, stack the Swans. Apparently. Yeah, they, they, they are. They round out the ten o'clock slate here, and they take on a Bournemouth side coming off of a. I believe they had a clean sheet uh, last week, and a Callum Wilson hat trick. Sure did. Callum Wilson hat trick. Who knew? A complete game from Bournemouth. Their first of the season. Of course, it came against Huddersfield, but it was their first complete game of the season. I felt. They look great. Um, I mean, we all saw the Callum Wilson hat trick coming, so that's good, um, right? Well, I why mean, why did they I sign Jermaine Defoe again? And Lise Mousset. Well, because Cal- they didn't know Callum Wilson would come all the way back. To be honest, I guess. Like that's a big risk to take on Callum Wilson. That's his second major knee injury in not that long of a time. Was it his second? I, yeah, I thought I thought he had another major injury, yeah, like the first remember. year Burmuth was in the. If I'm not mistaken, he suffered a major injury that time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but what what was nice to see though is Callum Wilson and Joshua King combining. Yeah. So uh, you know, King got one of the assists of the four goals that they scored last week. Which you know, I said last week, like I, I you know, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to now jump all in with Joshua King. Like, yeah, I'm ready you to, said that for weeks. Yeah. 
weeks. I, I said, I said, now is the time to acquire. Yeah, that's but what like, I mean. I, yeah, yeah, like, like it, like it, it really is the time. That was an actual compliment. Oh, thank Sorry. you. Sorry for <laughs> hiding it in my normal banter of not complimenting you. Well, if there's one thing that we've learned from me this week is that I'm really good at banter. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, I literally cannot go down that road again. Swansea, on the Swansea side, we all rank Tammy Abraham pretty highly. And he might not uh, even play, so that's great. That's good, yep. Wilfred Bonnie might be back, though, which... So, actually, let's... Um, let me ask you a question there. So, uh, as we were doing rankings, you were saying you... For some guys, you just want to use the, the team in the position. So, yeah. for Brighton, on a week that you would actually want to rank, you whether Glenn Murray or, or Hamed starts, you you find them the same. Yeah. Is that the case with Swansea? No. I, I would rank Tammy Abraham higher than I would Wilfred Bonney. Okay. Uh, I think the way I agree, that... Ab- I, just... I, I believe that Abraham... The way that Abraham and Ayu specifically have played together has been nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jordan Ayu has been sneaky good, actually, for Swansea. Is it that sneaky? It's pretty sneaky. Okay. Like no one's really, no one's really talking Jordan Ayew to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, we I think have the problem it, is for, for example, for FPL at least he's not. He hasn't been. No, 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 no. I'm talking more like your peripheral formats. Like he's a mm-hmm. he's a misplaced striker playing it on the wing. Yeah. To be honest, so it's, uh, but but like I said, with Tammy Abraham, it's nice to see those two combining, and I just like seeing Tammy Abraham getting consistent playing time and performing well. Right. Yeah, Jordan Ayu moving ahead in the Ayu rankings, for sure. That's correct. Yeah. He is the highest ranked Ayu. That's yeah. correct. Which I'm sure is very important to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, from Burnmouth's side, I mean, we I think we all I think we all may have overreacted a little bit to Callum Wilson. Uh, you know, you ranked him 11th, or I ranked him 12th. Um, I'm thinking that's still a little high. Like I. The only reason why I was comfortable with it, and after I did it, thought maybe I could even go a little higher, uh, is that some of the other guys that we normally rank don't have the best matchups. Like, the guys that are behind him, I I was comfortable with given matchups. Yeah. We'll talk about one well, game, but I have... Yeah, but like... you. I have him behind, uh, ahead of like Ben Teke, Gabby Adini, Carroll. Like those guys aren't that much better, and they're playing Swanson. They do have Abraham ahead anyway if he starts. Just uh, also, just to I mean, I, I want to go back into Jordan Ayew just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, if I told you who has the most points between Andre Gray, Joe Salou, points where Chris Wood. And and Jordan Ayu, who has the most points on FPL? Um, I would assume that Ayu has played a lot more. So I get I would walk into the fact that he is the highest one. Yeah. So he's not. I mean, Andre Gray has one more point than him. Okay. But that's my. But that's really my point. Uh, like Joe Salou, for example, who's played pretty consistently, has fewer points than Jordan Ayu on FPL. And and to kind of put this all in perspective, I mean. The person who's played even less than all of them is Omar Nias, and you know Omar Nias has thirty nine points, and Jordan Ayew has thirty three. Yeah, yeah. So but, I don't even know what to make of that one. So, 
yeah, it's <clears throat> the one thing I wish uh, FPL did was show starting percentages and not ownership percentages, because like guys like uh, Jacore or Etienne Capou last year, like they get highly owned, but I wonder how many people are actually going to set their lineups and they're like, yes. I'm going to play Omar Nias this week instead of Tammy Abraham or whoever, what other cheap forwards people have this year. Like, do you think a lot of people are are starting him? Jordan Ayu, no. No, no, no. Or Omar Nias. Nias. Um, I think, Ooh. yeah, I actually do. I actually do. Uh, because of how many forwards have been disappointing and how many people are just like, are not getting anything out of their forward position, yeah, I do think people are going to start him. But like everybody has one of Kane or Lukaku. Are you? Oh, you're referring to FPL. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. I, I mean, that's yeah, fair. That's fair. But yeah, if we're talking, yeah, but if we're talking more like the like the, even if you're doing like FPL draft right now, I'm pretty sure that Nias is going to be on someone's team and starting. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Is that too bold? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't. I mean, I don't think that's. I mean, that. But I'm saying that that that's like like that's the range. I mean, that's the range we're talking about here with Jordan Ayew is really my point. But on the Burtmuth side, outside of Joshua King, outside of Callum Wilson, I mean, I rank Charlie Daniels because I just I have a, I still have a thing for Charlie Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, did Simon Francis's red card get rescinded? No. It was okay. a so, so he's out. It, it was two yellows anyway. So yeah, you're not going to get that overturned. He didn't deserve it. That no. was a, that was a total BS second yellow mm-hmm. card. The fact that like Andy Carroll didn't get sent off for his shenanigans, but somehow, I know that wasn't the same game, but whatever. yeah, the, the so human Francis element. Is out. A little Adam the Smith hu- action this week, probably. Yeah. Well, what we did see though is. Simon Francis returned to the fullback position last week. It was uh, he did that. It was, yeah, he did that the week before as yeah. well. So it's really been <clears throat> Simone Francis the past couple of weeks. Right, right. Yeah, he's always but, better until he gets a red card. That's correct. And then he's not better. Then he's not. Then, then he reaches. Yeah, anyway, uh, is there anyone else that you would feel comfortable with on the Burnmouth side? Uh, that's a, I have that, Nathan Ake everywhere, and I'll probably uh, have to start yeah. him, but. I was about to say that's a that sounds like a no. <laughs> okay, it was so very let's Dutch round, of me to do that. Yeah, let's round uh, out the Saturday slate here, and it's going. I mean, this is the best game of the day. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Liverpool at Anfield taking on a Chelsea side who uh, absolutely demolished. Uh, they, they 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 put the final nail in the in the Tony Pulis coffin. Did we expect anything differently? No. <laughs> Lots of confidence, though. Uh, later today, they'll take on a Carabag side out in Azerbaijan. So that's going to be a very long travel day yes. and week. It's a lot of travel. So the one thing that we might see for Chelsea is some rotation in this one. Uh, uh, I, I will. I have some breaking news here because the lineup is out for the Carabag game. Um, not starting is Morata, Bakayoko, Cahill, and Christensen. We've got a Willian Pedro um, forward Michi? pairing. Oh, Michi's no Michi? Out. Nope. Courtois, Rudiger, uh, Azpilicueta, and David Luiz are back in. Zappacosta, so Azpil- 
So, okay, okay. Conte, Fabregas, and yeah, Pedro Willian, and Hazard, excuse me. So, some of the regulars, but not all the regulars. I wonder if Con- uh, with Conte, Conte, Conte is the one I'm worried about playing both games. Mm-hmm. I would worry so, about that too. Yeah. Do we see Danny Drinkwater in a Liverpool game? Anyway, oh. I, I, all, all signs to me point to you know Liverpool being favored in this one. Um, really? I, I think yeah. It, yeah. I, I think maybe ever so slightly just because they're at home, but um, like I think I, I think the gap uh, if Liverpool are favored, as I try to pull it up here, uh, Liverpool are favored, but I think the the amount that they'll that they could be win for, or excuse me, the implied win odds of Liverpool at home is smaller than Chelsea at home. Like if this game was at Stamford Bridge, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't expect this it, one to have much scoring in it. Really? Yeah. Oh no, I see. I I see Chelsea being very vulnerable. I know you would say that. I think this is going to look a lot like the Liverpool United game at Anfield. I, that would be so disappointing. That would be so disappointing. Uh, I agree, uh, but I think that's but 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 that but that was that was because Manchester United were just packed in. I don't. I I mean I I don't think Chelsea will pack in. I, I think Chelsea will. Um, I think Chelsea are going to be trying to get forward because of how exposed Liverpool can be. And I think in the, it's really a matter of here, here it is. is Here's it the, the Liverpool breakdown. team that's given up one goal at home this year. That's the, how exposed they can be. Okay. It's fine. My, here's my, my mat. The, the big matchup for me to watch, right. Is it's the wide matchup, right? So it's Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah. Are they going to consistently pin back Marcus Alonso and whoever plays at right wing back? Right? I guess. Like, like that, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the source of both teams' ability to get forward is the, is those wide players and picking passes out to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, for Chelsea's, for Ch- the example of Chelsea would be, which Cesc Fabregas have outlet passes if he receives the ball at the edge of the eighteen at defensive eighteen yard box? How do you think they line up then, Chelsea? Go, go. Your guess is as good as mine, but I, I'm I'm guessing it'll be no David Luiz in the back three. Uh, I, I I I mean Victor Moses has been getting close to returning for a while. But this could be Victor Moses' first game back. Yeah, they can't start him right away. Well, you can't. Do I, that. I, I, well, what I'm saying, well, is Victor Moses in the 18 today? No. Okay. So then, never mind. Yeah, unlikely. So then, then it would be. Uh, if they, uh, I'll tell you this much, it's it's conceding defeat if uh, if Aspilicueta plays right wing back. I don't think I'll he's say, going to. I don't think so either. Yeah. So we'll say we'll say Zappacosta on the right hand side. Yep. Can Zappacosta and Marcus Alonso, who, you know, they're bigger. They are bigger than both Mane and, and both of them are mm-hmm. are bigger than Mane and bigger than Salah. So you know, can they? Be physical and be able to stop their outlets and their and, and their runouts, basically. Mm-hmm. And from a tactic set, from a tactic standpoint, that's the key matchup to me. Because if they can, and Liverpool have to build through the middle, that's where Chelsea can take it to them. Because okay. Chelsea have the clear advantage in the middle. Mm-hmm. 
that's my analysis. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a great up and down game from a neutral. But yeah, well, it, 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 and that's my point. And Chelsea, Chelsea will get zero goals if both Zappacosta and Marcus Alonso are forced to stay back to cover those those, those wide players. Yep. Yeah, because that's the source of their outlets as well. Like, because uh, uh, they're part of the attack that that builds going forward for sure. Uh, unless unless they get unless Chelsea can get the odd Seth Fabregas straight forward to Morata and he runs and he runs onto the ball mm-hmm. that, or or Hazard for that matter. If they skip that line, if they skip the the wide players and just goes route one right, just right over the middle. Uh, I, I don't see that happening, uh, but. You know, I mean that—that's the key matchup to me. So if you—if you think—if you think that, you know, neither team, uh, both teams will negate each other. That's—that's that's one way to look at it. I don't think that. I don't think either team has the ability to do that. Okay. I'm not saying it's going to be like five-five or anything. Yeah, no. I, mean, no. I, I do think the draw is the right play here if you're betting. So I do think it's going to be more like a two-two affair. Wow, that's a lot of goals. I, I think there'll be goals in this one. Okay. It's going to be a very entertaining game. Okay, I hope so. All right, and uh, so again, that, that 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 wraps up our Saturday slate. But I know you have a couple of announcements. One for one for Play Up, and I believe another one for Yahoo. Mm, yeah. Uh, first for Play Up, do you want to win prizes by following your favorite sports? Do you think you can pick a better team than the so-called pros? Then Play Up is the place for you. Play Up offers free daily fantasy sports across the Premier League, NFL, NBA, and more. All you have to do is choose a challenge, select your players while remaining under the salary cap, then watch their real-life actions help them rack up points on the live leaderboard. The better your team does, the more prize money you win, so keep entering challenges across the season to make your way up the ultimate champion leaderboard where sports fans from across the globe compete to determine who has the greatest sporting knowledge. There are always games on, and once you build up your digital wallet, you can enter platinum challenges, which are higher risk but offer much higher rewards. So what are you waiting for? Get to playup.com for the most realistic daily fantasy experience across all your favorite sports. Let's jump into Sunday before we get to Yahoo. All right. We'll jump into the Sunday slate first. That's what we call a tease in the the biz here. Uh, So on Sunday, we start off with uh, a – we'll get – actually, you know what? Yeah, we'll go Southampton and Everton first because it comes first chronologically. But uh, Southampton – I, I kind of want to skip the analysis on them for a second because I do want to state something about Everton. Okay. When I saw the lineup that Everton put out last week, specifically that they put out two players who could run fast on the wing in in Lookman and in Aaron Lennon, and then they had uh, and they had Gilfy Sigurdsson in the middle in his traditional role as being the guy in the middle that can just ping out passes to people that are willing runners. What do you know? Gilfy Sigurdsson looked like the old Gilfy Sigurdsson. Mm-hmm. So, I'm hoping, I'm really, really, really hoping that that's a that is a trend that continues. Um, and then they and they also had Nias, who's also a willing runner too in the middle. Yeah, but, but they they put some pace in the front, which is something they've been so he- they they've been so hesitant to do under uh, you, you know uh, under Kuman. And now they're finally, finally utilizing some pace. Are we going to ignore that they gave up two goals in that first half? I, oh, I don't care about that. <laughs> um, I, that that's not my problem. Like, that's not, I mean, especially from a fantasy perspective. You know, I, I've noticed two things from a fantasy perspective. Leighton Baines is taking corners, and they finally put a system together that Gilby Sigurdsson can take advantage. Those are the two things I noticed from last week. Um, Baines and Sigurdsson took the same number of corners. 
No, well, penalties. Penalties. Penalty. Oh, penalties. Excuse me. Um, yes. So uh, Baines took it. Rooney wasn't there. I think that's worth mentioning at least because we don't know if Baines would continue to take them if Rooney was on the field. But yeah, they they look better. But like if in August we were like, you know, when Everton started to look good was in November when they started Omar Nias, uh, Mola Lookman, and Aaron Lennon. And you'd be like, oh, so they're last? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's good for them defensively, but all I'm not even. Is- I don't even mean defensively, but like it's that's how bad it is that the well, in- reintroduction of Aaron Lennon and the start of Lookman and Nias as their leading goal scorer. Well, I mean, I, I could do without Lennon. I would if if Calvert Lewin played on one side and Lookman played on the other side, that'd be great. That would be my ideal pairing because they, they, you know, those are two guys who have. You know, two guys who know how to finish. Both of them are goal scorers, and both of them can run. You know, whether they can combine with Omar Nias in the middle is another problem. But what I'm definitely saying is that that is a lineup where you can get some chances created, if you're looking at a Taga perspective, from Kilfie Sigurdsson. That's, that is the lineup that is a very pro... That's a Sigurdsson-friendly lineup. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. You know, I I just wanted to point that out about Everton because we've been they've been a barren wasteland for a while. And last week they showed you know last couple of weeks actually they've showed some signs of life. Yeah. They look they look better. I I'm I'm still not ready to jump in on Everton. I don't really have any, but I was more than happy to let people overdraft Wayne Rooney and the Sigurdsson thing was kind of weird at the beginning because. No one knew where he was going to play. So I just, I don't have much Everton and I'm in no rush to get any. I, 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 I will, it will, t- I, the only problem is that it's on Sunday and you have to kind of guess on the lineup, especially if you're, you know, if you're doing FPL for sure, you're going to have to guess. But for Taga, you have a little less guessing. But the fact that it's on a Sunday, it's like, I want to start Gilfrey Sigerson in the leagues that I have uh, on the anticipation that they'll use the same lineup. Because Southampton, to me, you know, people have been – someone asked on Twitter about, like, what do I do with Ryan Birch? And I'm like, yeah, if you're in a league with me, trade him to me. I'll take him. Mm-hmm. Like, but, you know, right now it's not looking great for Southampton. They're li- let me, would it be fair to say that they're listless up front? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Fraser Forrester – Heaven forbid Charlie Austin gets a start. Fraser, For- Fraser Forrester let up three goals and still scored six points. In Taga for mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, four points. Sorry, four points. One. There was only five saves, not six. Sorry, but I mean, still, I mean, five saves and three goals allowed. Like that's that's a that's a ton of opportunities from Liverpool last week. Is that surprising? Well, I mean, Southampton are supposed to be a, a better organized team, especially with you know Virgil Van Dyke being back. Virgil Van Dyke, by the way, wanting to show his future employers how good he is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Southampton. I feel like it's the same story every week. We're like, oh, yeah, we love all these guys for fantasy. And then we go to play them, and they're all terrible. And then we're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. And I, I'm going out of my way to not start Southampton guys. I have a few of even, them in even, FPL. Like I have, I think even, I against an Ever- even against an Everton defense that's really trying to find itself? Um, I, I guess. I'm not going to be thrilled about it. I'll, I'll do my best to find alternatives. Whether it happens I, or not is different, but yeah, I guess like there, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of guys that people like. Basically, here's here's what Southampton is. People like the players, but they don't like the team that they're on, that the way that they're playing right now. Like I, I've said, I've loved Sofian Buffal. We've all loved Dusan Tadic in the past. I've loved. We both. Uh, we Gabby Adini was the toast of the Premier League when he came in, uh, when he first transferred in last year. Um, like, you know, a lot of guys that people have liked, and now like this team this year, just it's just not working. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I mean, it is weird to be in November and to not know what the lineup is. Like they. You know, we see James Ward-Prowse, then we don't. Same with Buffal and Redmond. This week will be a little different, too, because Romeo's out and um, Lamina's out. So, you know, who knows where they start everyone. I don't know. It's uh... Can you name the three teams that have scored fewer goals than Southampton? Uh, Crystal Palace. Yep. Uh, Swansea. Yep. And... Burnley? Then I, no, it's not Burnley. No. Burnley have, Burnley have scored. Like, what's amazing about Burnley is that they have a positive goal differential by only scoring twelve goals. Yeah, in they win every win one nothing every time. It's not every time, but it's a lot. I don't know who's the third one. Huddersfield. Oh. they've Southampton have scored the same. Southampton have scored the same number of goals. As West Brom. Hmm. Let that sink in. Hmm. And one of those That's guys the... just got fired. Yeah. Yep. They only have one more win than West Brom do as well. So it's not like Yeesh. it's not it's not like it's like you know they're translating that into like positive points. They they are three points above West Brom, and. That that that's it. Like it, it, they they are one bad weekend away from being tied with West Brom. Yeah. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Like that's as bad as bad can be for Southampton, who have who have had much higher aspirations. Yeah, both of these teams. Very fair. Yeah, it's a disappointment bowl. Yeah, indeed. All right, uh, let's go on to uh, let's go on to the next game, which I think is going to be entertaining in that it's you know Burnley against the top side, right? So like, can the defense hold withhold the onslaught that's uh, apparently coming right mm-hmm. the only team that's really broken burnley down and really taking it to them has been city that's it and if there could be a close three nothing game that one was kind of close yeah okay um <laughs> i'm not gonna as uh, i'm sure as an arsenal fan you're very used to trying to have moral victories proclaim moral victories against stuff well arsenal had nothing to do with that it was the city it was burning. I, 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 I was to say the act of proclaiming moral victories. Anyway, Arsenal come to town. Uh, they go to Turf Moor, and Arsenal are flying high. That's the only way I can put it, right? Uh, you know, when you when you take it to Spurs in a in a North London derby, and you know, I, I think I think that scoreline was flattering, to be honest. I agree. I mean, Arsenal Arsenal did. I, I actually I loved what Arsenal did. Loved it. I think that's where you're going to see from now on, as long as everybody stays fit. Now, against the Burnley side, you know, that's just as organized as Spurs is, right? Like, can you see them mustering up the same creativity two weekends in a row? Yes. I think Arsenal you, wins this one. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think I, it's, I and mean, I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Yeah. I've, given, I, I, I've given Burnley I, I think, a lot of credit yeah. defensively this season, and I'm willing to give it up for this week. 
Yeah, I'm hoping for 2-0 because I'm going to take a lot of shares of Arsenal defense, but mm-hmm. 3-1 would, 3-1 would not surprise me. Yeah, yep, I agree. Okay, uh, and I'm assuming that you like all your Arsenal options, including the defenders? Yes. Okay, and I'm not going to start a single Burnley option in this one. I don't think they'll have them all, ever. I think that's right. Yeah, I think you're looking at like a 70-30 possession advantage for Arsenal, minimum. Um, I mean, I, I think you may start looking at 75-25. That seems aggressive, but sure. It's it, Burnley don't want the ball, and Arsenal do. And mm-hmm. Arsenal have no problem just playing, you know, you know, pass, 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 pass in the midfield. When yeah. the, it'll just take, it'll be boring to watch, that's for sure. But you know, because I don't think Arsenal are going to move forward very quickly because they're not going to have to. Right. I think that's right. Just please start Ozil, Lacazette, and, and Alexis. Sanchez. Yeah, please. I think that's please. what will happen. <laughs> Yes. They have a Europa on Thursday, but they have shown time and time again they really don't care about Europa. So That's right. Okay, and uh, uh, one final blowout to get to here, and that's Manchester City traveling to Huddersfield. Ho-hum. 6-0, here we go. I was going to say, how many goals is it? (laughs) You start, I mean, at this point, you start Fernandinho, you'll start John Stones. Like, Like, you'll start anybody now. Yeah, well, not Stones, he's out, but. You know um, what I mean. You, you know, know, you, you, mean. know, you know the sentiment I'm trying to portray. Yeah, they rotated a little bit for Tuesday's Champions League game, so I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, Aguero started that one, so I think Jesus will start this weekend, uh, which I think will annoy people I, anyway. But I, I liked his Hulk Hogan-like celebration. I'm sure that's not what he was channeling, but <laughs> it was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, there's nothing to say about this game other than there's, you know, always the possibility that somebody gets rotated. But we've kind of seen that Leroy Sané is pretty well locked in, as is, uh, you know, the Otamendi and Kyle Walker and Delph and De Bruyne so it's, and Fernandinho. So it's whether Sterling gets another start um, and whether Jesus comes in for Aguero. Yeah, and, and no matter who it is, you're going to play all of them. Right, exactly. And on Huddersfield, uh, Aaron Moy revenge game? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. It's only because Manchester City owned the team right. that, that he played on in, uh, in Australia. Right. But they did no, have to sell so, him, though, to Huddersfield. The, that's correct. They, yeah. they, 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 they made money on that transaction. Just, you know, Aaron Moy cost more uh, to Huddersfield. Uh, sorry. The sale of Aaron Moy to Huddersfield was more than Manchester City paid for the entire team Aaron Moy was on. Is that right? That is correct. Wow. How about that? Just a nice little nugget yeah. there. It is. It is. And uh, on that note, I think we should talk about another little nugget that we have going on here, which is the, the holiday contest we have going on. Yeah, so we, Rotowire, teamed up with Yahoo to offer – it's kind of a hybrid between uh, – a daily contest, and I don't want to call it season-long because it's a 10-week contest, 10-game week contest, excuse me. It starts this weekend. Uh, it's a $5 entry, and there are $2,000 in prizes. So we have uh, the top few finishers for each game week win prizes, and then the cumulative total of the 10 game weeks winners will uh, also cash. There, I think it goes down to 30 spots. First place gets $500. And the lowest score, the lowest game week score, uh, gets dropped from your from your total. So 
if anybody participates in the Yahoo Cups that uh, incorporate the entire game week that they do every week and then there's a winner at the end, it's kind of similar to that, uh, except that we kind of focus on the main DFS slate. So Saturday's slate will be the all of the Saturday matches. There's no early match this week. So uh, that's week one, and there are 200 spots available. I think there um, we're about a quarter of the way filling it. So um, get in while you can. We have an announcement on the website, uh, so you can just go to rotowire.com slash soccer and get some more details and enter. Yeah, you can follow uh, Rotowire Soccer at Rotowire Soccer as well on the Twitter. And uh, again, Rotowire Andrew for Andrew at Sports by Gotti, G-O-T-T-I for myself. And on that note, Andrew, we should end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast because I got to go commute. Mm-hmm. I got to go get down to the, I got to go get down to Virginia. So uh, thank you so much for everyone listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has some good times with their families or the Joes that they choose to spend their time with. And I hope that everybody has a great and safe weekend. We'll talk to you then, guys. And uh, if you play the Holiday Cup with us, I hope you do one point less than me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.